Hello, welcome. Thanks for dropping into Time in the Studio. This is a space to connect with nature for greater health and creativity. And if you're new here, welcome. I'm Sarah Marie Miller. I'm an artist, herbalist, and postpartum doula in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, this is the unceded territory of the Ute, Arapaho, and Cheyenne peoples. And just want to um, yeah, acknowledge that. I am so excited to share with you the chat I had with Brianne Hogan. Uh, she has a podcast as well called Do You, the Do You podcast. And she is a writer, author, actor, and podcaster, and a fierce advocate for tending to yourself. And I went to a yoga class earlier today and had the honor of chatting with a mom. And she said, going to yoga classes always triggers her guilt in a big way. And I didn't have the wisdom or the time to say this, but I just think taking care of yourself is one of the best things you can do for your family. And I know it's a privilege. It's not always possible. There are single parents out there with no resources or few resources. So I know it's easier said than done, but kids can feel when we're not taking care of ourselves. People can feel when we're not taking care of ourselves. And so it's a gift to the world when you can do anything sweet for yourself. I, It's worth it. And it's a gift for not just yourself, but for your family too, and your community and the people around you. Uh, and a little update kind of on that note, I was planning to relaunch my holistic home herbalism course in January, but I'm just really loving the hibernation winter vibes. And I'm going to give myself another, a little window just to be able to reflect and refine a little bit more and planning to relaunch in February. So you can join the waitlist at my website, www.adazia.com slash course. If you are interested, it's going to be, I think, a four to five week course is the plan. That's how it was structured before and learning about herbalism, nutrition, food as medicine, and flower essences for emotional transformation. Um, so it was a, such a fun experience, and I'm excited to do it again, but I just really want to make it as juicy and good as I can and just feel like I need a little more hibernation time to get that ready for you. And I also want to let you know my calendar is live. I made a calendar of cyanotypes where I would meditate with different plants and lay them on paper and just let them, their light uh, imprint uh, their way on a piece of paper. And so uh, if you want a calendar, you can get that at my shop. It's And you can use the code CYANLOVE10 for 10% off for you, beloved podcast listeners. So thanks so much for being here and for listening. And I will have that in the show notes too, just so you don't have to remember all those things. And happy solstice if you're listening in real time. This is such an exciting day as it marks the longest night of winter. And moving ahead, the light will continue to expand. And I cannot wait. I'm ready. I love the bright days. I, I do love winter too. But uh, yeah, something about those sunny sunshine days just feels so good. So remember to take your vitamin D and <laughs> it makes such a difference for our health. And if you like journal prompts, I have a couple for you. 
I've been reading about money and I'm excited to have a, a couple people on the podcast talking about money in the upcoming season. Um, yeah, some really wonderful guests coming up. And I'm reading this book, The Soul of Money, and Lynn Twist talks about what we appreciate appreciates. And it's so true. It happens with compound interest. It happens with our relationships, with love, with the plants, like whatever we put our attention into and appreciate grows. So what we appreciate appreciates. So I like to remember that. And gratitude is so transformative. It's a magic remedy for dark days. And it has the potential to quickly transform situations. So uh, what are a few things you're grateful for? What is something that you would love to have happen in the days ahead? What are obstacles in the way of making that happen? And can you imagine those obstacles melting away like snow on a sunny, warm day? So just a quick recap of those journal prompts. Three things or more that you're grateful for. What would you love to have happen in the days ahead? Three, what is in the way? What are the obstacles to making this happen? And then four, how can you remove those obstacles or imagine those obstacles melting away? Just kind of a simple little uh, writing exercise, those four things. So what are you grateful for? What do you want to call in more? What's in the way of that happening? And how can you remove the obstacles? So before we get into it, I, another quick little reminder, this show is for educational and entertainment purposes only. We're not here to diagnose, treat, cure any diseases or issues, or this is not financial advice, cha-cha-cha. Um, and I also want to give a big shout out to Aaron Travers of the band Emptier for the show music today. And thanks to all of you who listen, like, share, rate, and review the podcast. It makes a big difference. And if this episode or any episode has been helpful for you, please share it with a friend and share the plant love. Okay, let's get into it. Cha-cha-cha. I am so honored and delighted to have on the podcast today, Brienne Hogan. She is a writer, author, and podcaster currently based in Vancouver, Canada, and her writing has been featured in over 60 publications, including Men's Health, Elle, BuzzFeed, the BBC, and the Washington Post. You can find her Instagram at Brie Hogan and her website at www.briannehogan.com. And I am just so delighted because I found your podcast through mutual channels and things, but I, I just, I love your interviews. You're a fantastic interviewer and I love the people you find for your show and your solo episodes. So thank you, Brianne, so much for being here today. Thank you, Sarah, for having me. And thank you for your support for the, for my podcast, because you're always one of the first people on like social media to comment and say, I love this show or I want to watch the show. So thank you. That means a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, as a fellow podcaster, I know it's one of those mediums that people don't tend to engage with as much out in the world. Like I think it's more of a silent digesting where people are 
listening while they're doing other things. And so sometimes you don't know who's listening or what their takeaways are. So I think just as a podcaster, I realized like, oh, it's nice to get that feedback sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I I see it. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome. I'm curious about your path. I know you've shared a little bit. I've heard stories on your podcast about your journey with acting, writing, and now podcasting. I I just love to know, like, how did you get started? What were you like when you were a little kid and how have things kind of evolved? Wow. Well, you can go all the way back, I guess, <laughs> to childhood. Yeah, I've always been a really creative, artsy kid. Always did my own thing. Always walked to the beat of my own drum. And I think growing up, and I'm an only child, so only children, we're, we're an odd, like, breed. <laughs> we like to do our own thing. It's easy for us to be alone. It's, you know, being on my own, being independent. It's just, you know, innate within me. But I think when you're, like, different or you just do your own thing, I think that can be threatening to a lot of people. And especially if people are used to following the crowd or doing what everyone else is doing. So I never was that girl. I was never that person. I still am not that person. So growing up, yeah, I was a little bit, I felt different. I did feel like not always included or I wasn't part of the cool crowd. I wasn't that popular. You know, I had falling outs with friends. Girls sometimes had issues with me and you just grow up thinking like, I don't know like why this is happening because I'm, you know, I'm a pretty cool person. So I don't really know, but you know, it's, I think it's it's part of why path. I think it's part of what makes me me. And I think it's part of really why I maybe do the show now because that's pretty like my podcast because that's pretty much the thread of the podcast is is doing you and doing what makes you you and being authentic to yourself as much as possible. And that's always what I've done. And I think that, as I said, that can be threatening to some people if they haven't been raised in that environment where being authentic to you to yourself is is acceptable and is something to be proud of so for me I've always just followed my heart I've always followed what I really am called to do and that was arts so going to New York to study acting initially and then and then doing writing I always liked to write as a child but I was so so tunnel visioned about being an actor (laughs) I really, really wanted to be an actor. I think I really wanted to be famous. I don't know. I, I like acting, but I, I don't know why I was so, because writing to me is just such a, an extension of who I am. And it was something that I always did as a, as a kid and growing up that I don't know why I never thought that that was what I should do. It's so funny. I think the things that come so natural to us, we push them aside and we don't think, we think that's too easy, but that's, that's the way like with life is supposed to be easy it's not supposed to be hard and I think we make it harder on ourselves than necessary so I finally found my way back to writing so that's the good news and I was in New York and I just I realized as an actor I I would always be at the mercy of someone else I would always be waiting for that magical like phone call to come in to like you know give me this role of a lifetime and I wasn't even really auditioning anyway so that's that's a whole other issue like I was more about like waitressing and surviving in New York City as a young 20 something and being in really my first really 
real relationship and just navigating what, you know, what it means to be a young adult. And so I wasn't even doing what I wanted to do in New York. So when I was taking this playwriting class in my acting school, I went to Lee Strasberg after I went to NYU. I thought, oh, here's an opportunity for me to create my own stuff. Here's an opportunity for me to actually have some sort of like control over my career instead of feeling like helpless. Like I really felt so helpless for a number of years in New York. Like, how am I going to make this happen for myself? Like, what am I doing? I didn't go to fucking NYU to like... Sorry, I don't know if you you allow cursing on your podcast, (laughs) but I didn't go to NYU to to be a waitress like, you know, so I I felt like I took my power back when I realized I could create my own my own projects for myself. So I started writing like off, 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 off Broadway shows for me and my friends. And, you know, not a lot of people saw them and everything, but it really gave me that confidence to to think that I could create something different for myself and that I could be, as I said, like more in control of my own life and my own creativity rather than like, as I said, like waiting for someone to give me that opportunity. So from there, I, I left New York. I'm Canadian. So I really had no other options in New York other than waitressing at that time. So I, I went back home to Toronto and I took, I took, I gave writing another shot. So that's what I did. And I, I went on Craigslist and looked for writing opportunities, which I don't really recommend. I don't know what Craigslist looks like now. So I don't know, but that's what you did in like the mid 2000s or whatever, or like, I don't know, 2009. And I found some blogging opportunities and I just started to just take whatever would come because at that time I really didn't have any clips. I didn't have any boundaries. My God, that's a Freudian slip. I don't know. I didn't have any block lines. Maybe I didn't have any boundaries because I was like, I'll take anything, which I probably, like I did. Like I took anything that would give me the opportunity to write. Cause I, like, as I said, I didn't have anything. I didn't even go to school for writing. It was just like, okay, you know, I'll just do whatever I can. So I did that. And then slowly by slowly, I started to build a portfolio and I got an editorial job in Toronto at a magazine, realized nine to fives aren't for me. That would be a running theme of my life, going back to nine to five, quitting, going back, quitting. But, and then I just, I've been full-time for about 12 years freelance with, with one nine to five job in between. And now I've, I've written for a number of publications and I'm able to sustain myself as a writer and I've authored two books, but it's been a journey. That is amazing. That's such an incredible path. And I commend you for being freelance because I think there is a fear if you don't have that safety net, but there's also so much more freedom to do, to do you, to do what feels authentic and real to who you are. I've never had a real nine to five. I've also just done lots of restaurant gigs and waitressing and kind of like cobbling things together, but I've never known how to, I'm like, I don't think I can, I don't think anyone would hire me to work in an office. (laughs) I just don't think it would be like a weird mismatch, but yeah, it's, it's beautiful to be carving your own path and creating your own reality. I'm curious, as you were talking about, you know, creating your own rhythm and your own beat, I'm wondering what your astrological sign is because I feel like sometimes that can play into how we create our lives. Well, I'm a Capricorn, so, (laughs) 
So yeah, so um, I like to be the boss. So <laughs> yeah, I'm a Capricorn. My moon is Taurus and my rising sign is Pisces. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I have some of my best friends are Capricorns and I love that just like willful determination. And I feel like they're always, yeah, builders. Like they just know how to make things happen. Yeah, what are you? What are, what are your signs? I'm an Aquarius with a Virgo rising Scorpio moon. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny when people ask me that or who's into astrology and we share each mm-hmm. other's big, big three. It's like, I instantly like a composite of that person like comes to my mind and I'm like, oh, okay. Like I got it. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I know. I don't know a ton about astrology, but I know enough to be dangerous, I guess, just to like get a sense yeah. of, oh, okay, that creates a picture and yeah helps me understand a person in a deeper way mm-hmm. yeah I'm curious with writing do you do a lot of copywriting or is it like writing articles or blog posts like I do article. yeah I do article writing I don't do copywriting although that is pretty lucrative if you can get into that but I think for me it's somehow I've gotten into this beat of lifestyle writing, a little bit of journalism. I've done some like heavy duty journalism for some pieces, like my BBC piece that I wrote on windmills and and birds. That was my (laughs) foray into environmental journalism. No, no prior experience, by the way, which just goes to show if you can do anything. But yeah, so basically my beat is lifestyle. I do write about the things that I like. I am lucky enough now to say that, I, as I said in the beginning, it was basically just taking what I could get. But now my my kind of my beats are wellness, fitness, spirituality, relationships, and dating. So, and those are all things that I really enjoy to talk about, and they're kind of like side passions in my own life. So, so yeah, I write mainly those kinds of of stories. Oh, amazing. That seems so fun. And it would just bring you down all these different avenues of research and creating interesting just story structures too. I could imagine it would maybe help create plays and things that are more creative in some ways as well. At this point, I have to be honest, at this point in my career, doing those articles, unless it's like, as I said, this the windmill article, for example, which was very challenging, but in a good way, because it really got me out of my comfort zone. And I was doing a lot of like research and all that. But these articles now that I do, they're so like easy for me that I'm grateful for them in that way, because I'm not exerting too much creativity on them. So I can save that for my passion projects that I'm working on. So I'm not so you know, burnt out. That's the dream anyways. That's how I've tried to carve out my life now, especially over the last two years, I've I've been more intentional about freelancing. How can I make it easier on myself, make money, still write for the publications that I want to write for because I have really great editors and I need money, as I said, but also allow myself that space so I can concentrate on my passion projects because ultimately I would love to just be a full-time author. I would love to be a full-time podcast host. I would love to be a full-time, like I'm going back into screenwriting. I would love to sell, I mean, a pilot who wouldn't, who would want to be on Netflix, you know? So these are things that I still like, I see myself transitioning. That's my intention to the universe anyway, a transitioning out of article writing and into a next phase of my writing. So 
you know, have, I don't know if you ever heard of The Big Leap, but it's this book and it helped me when I was, because I was at a nine to five a couple of years ago, I moved out to Vancouver to do this communications job. And right away I knew, I was like, why the hell did I take this job? <laughs> it's <laughs> nine to five, it's in an office. I mean, at the time it was the pandemic. So I was working from home, thankfully, because I love working from home, but it was still within the confines of a nine to five structure. And there were some times that we did go back into the office eventually. And I was like, why the hell am I here? Like, this isn't right. This isn't in alignment with me. And I knew that right away, but it took me about a year and a half to make that transition back to full-time freelancing. And in the meantime, I, I was reading this book, it's called the, the Big Leap. And in the book, the author describes how we have like our zone of genius. And then we have our zone of, oh gosh, I'm going to, I don't, basically, I think it's our, our zone of greatness, maybe let's just say that. And so our, our zone of greatness is one that like, we're really good at, like we're really, really skilled. We're really adept at it people come to us for that skill, but it's just too easy for us. Like mm -hmm. it's really easy for us to do. It's not really challenging us to like expand and, mm -hmm. and go into our even highest potential. And that's the zone of genius where you're making this big leap into your fullest expansion of yourself. And you're really tapping into your inner genius. Like what are, like your skills are like 10 times amplified, you know, and like, you're really like, you're being stimulated and challenged creatively, but being so fulfilled by it. And that's why I'm like, I know I need to make that leap because I'm in this zone of greatness. If I do say so myself, but that's the thing. It's like, I'm in the zone, but I'm like, I have to make a bigger leap. And so that's my goal for the next, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't like to put timelines on myself because the universe always has other plans, but at least that's what I'm, I'm transitioning towards. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. What do you, do you feel like the podcast and writing scripts is like that genius zone? I do. And I think, I think I've, I haven't given myself full credit in terms of like what I could do with it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can relate to this is is when you're you're in this groove, like I am in a groove with my freelance career. Like I am, I know what I can expect. I know that I can do it. And like zoom, 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 like it's really easy to do, right? I mean, some days are challenging, but it's only because maybe it's, I don't know, like little things. It's not a big deal, but right. It's not challenging me in the way where I'm totally like growing. And when I have been working on my script or I am in the podcast or I mean, podcast zone, I should say, or I'm working on a script, I do feel like I'm at another level of myself. Like I'm, it's totally different than when I'm working on freelance writing and I like it and I wish I could stay there longer. Mm -hmm. It just, it's just not sustainable at this point for me financially, but, but I can see like that. And I'm like, okay, I got to stay here. So I got to make this happen for myself. Mm. So, I mean, it's, it's just, how do you do that? I'm, I'm, I'm still figuring that out. All you can do, I think for me is keep putting myself in that zone, like every day work on my essays or every day work on the podcast or whatever it is that I'm continuously feeling that part of me or accessing that part of me. So it becomes more second nature and hoping that all the pieces align. I mean, some things just are out of your control. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Beautiful. That's so helpful and really interesting to think of 
yeah, where our different jobs, where they kind of fall in that spectrum of genius, greatness, or goodness or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's three levels. So I don't mm-hmm. know what the first one is. And then there's, yeah. So there's like, that's probably like the goodness one. I don't know. And then the greatness one and then the genius one. Yeah. It, anyways, I, I wish, I wish I could, wait, I'll get one second. The book's on my shelf. Mm-hmm. I just, I just want to reference the author. Yeah. Great. Okay. So it's, yeah, it's called the big leap by Gay Hendricks. And oh, uh, great. yeah. And I think in your zone of genius. Yeah, that's the thing. Anyways, it's a great book and zone of excellence. That's what it is. The zone of excellence. Ah, greatness. It's the same thing. <laughs> but yeah, so I, that's where I'm at, where I'm like, how can I live in that zone of genius and make that sustainable for myself and financially lucrative at the same time? I mean, yeah, I think we're all like at different levels, right? Like when people think, think of me and they think, well, like, oh, you're an author and you write for these publications. And yeah, like, I'm very grateful. And it's really cool to say, oh, I wrote for the BBC or I wrote for Men's Health. But we're all at different places in our life. Like, we're all trying to be at least, you know, not all of us, but I think a lot of us wanting to be better and, and wanting to grow and wanting to like, oh, what's next for me? Like, what can I do next, you know? Yeah. Oh, completely. I mean, I feel like I'm constantly like, taking courses and trying to learn and stretch and figure out how to like evolve and improve my business and improve the podcast. So I think it's great to just be in that mindset of expansion and evolving and learning new things. Yeah. That's wonderful. I'm curious how the podcast started for you. Like, how did you decide to do that? Because I feel like there's a lot of people that say they want to start a podcast, but how did you, how did that idea crystallize for you? Well, I was one of those people because I had said I was going to do a podcast like three years ago, so I never did it, but I don't know why I wanted to do podcasting. I think part of it is as a freelance writer, I, I interview people a lot. So that's really, it's come in handy. It's a, it's something that I've had to learn over time because I didn't go to journalism school. So it's something that I've just had to like get comfortable with. And now it's a skill that I have. And throughout my life, I've had many different lifetimes. I've met a lot of different people from a lot of different walks of life, whether it's through freelancing or through through acting. I lived in New York. I lived in Toronto. I've lived in Prince Edward Island. I'm in Vancouver. Like I've, I've lived a life. So I know a ton of different people who all have very interesting stories. And I was always fascinated with people's journeys because I mean, as I was just talking about my own, it just seems like this meandering path that I cobbled together. And for the longest time, I, I was ashamed of that because it wasn't a linear path. And a lot of people that I went to school with, especially in NYU, they like graduated and were on Wall Street by the time they're 22 years old and, you know, driving Porsches and all that. And I was like serving hot dogs, like, <laughs> like you know, and being like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, and feeling like, bad about myself I'm like why couldn't I pick a straight and narrow path and why was my path like this and there's some a degree of shame of of attached to not feeling like I belonged or that there was something quote-unquote like wrong with me but then growing up and realizing that there is no such thing as a linear path and there are so many people out there similar to me who 
I mean, like yourself, like who's done their own thing and, and done it well and maybe, yeah, had to do a few things in between, but so what? Like, so what? That's part of the journey. That's part of what makes you you. That's, it's all information and all experiences that you use towards building a life. Like there is no set way to live a life. And mm -hmm. I began to question like why I thought the way that I thought, especially towards nine to fives. Like, why do I think that that's the way to go for job security and financial security when I everything against my being says, hell no, <laughs> like I don't wanna do that. Or with being a single woman of a certain age, why is that a condition that I feel ashamed of because I, I'm not in a partnership or I don't have children? Like all these things that I'm just like, who says? Like who says these are things that we need to have or that makes it a complete life or a whole life, right? So as, as I was starting to like question things and really look at my own life with a new lens, like one that I could be proud of myself with rather than being ashamed of myself, which no one should be ashamed of their own life, but it's hard when there's conditioning around you and you just think, oh, okay. So I wanted to do something that was, that would show other people that there was different ways to live a life and connect with those who were doing it and who were examples of that. And, and that can be a wide variety of, of things. Like it doesn't have to be an entrepreneur, although I do talk to a lot of entrepreneurs. It doesn't have to be being an artist, although I do talk to a lot of artists, but it can be anything. It, it can be anything that like makes you feel like yourself. But it's so funny though, like whenever I talk to people on my podcast, whether they're a psychic or an actor or like a entrepreneur or whatever, like there's a similar thread. Like they all have a very similar story of, well, I thought I was going to do this, but then I did this and then I did this and then I did this. And, and it's, and it's a beautiful story. They have a beautiful story. They have so much like life to life lessons to offer and insight and advice. So I'm just really glad that I was able to facilitate a platform for that because I learn a lot when I talk to these people and I affirm, and it's like life affirming for me because, you know, you always like to be, we always want to be like seen. And I think, you know, that's when the arts helps a lot with that, like writing and TV and movies and podcasting. Like when we're seen, we feel validated. And, and that's really important to feel validated as a person. So when, when people are speaking about their own lives and that they were like nonlinear and then and people like me or myself can be like, okay, yeah, like I feel seen, like, you know? So we all feel like we belong, which is the whole point. Like we all want to belong. So yeah, that's, that was the impetus of the podcast. Beautiful. I love that. I'm curious because I, you're such a great interviewer and you've, it sounds like you've done so many interviews throughout your life. Do you have any tips for kind of getting in there and just having a fantastic interview, getting into like the dirt of things with people? Because I feel like maybe it's me as an Aquarius I feel like I want to like stay in the positive zone. And sometimes I have a hard time like getting into the, like the more complicated, like deeper sides of things. And I feel like Capricorns in general are like more willing to go there. Do you have any tips for interviewing people to really help see them and pull out their story? 
yeah, Capricorns can be a little blunt. So I feel like that's probably part of it. For me, I think, yeah, it, like, as I said, like, because I, I've had some interviewing experience, it probably plays into it. But also, I think I'm really intuitive. So I use my intuition a lot when I, when I speak to people in general. But when I'm interviewing someone, I am taking note of what they're sharing with me and the points that they say. And so if someone says something within their spiel of like themselves, I, I do take a note of like, what makes me, I don't know, like what, when they say something, it's like, that makes me curious. I want to know more about that. Like just seeing little things about what they're talking about. I'm like, oh, okay. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. And I think it's also, I'm not afraid to actually ask people questions and I don't know where that comes from. I mean, I'm respectful, but I mean, I also like, I don't know. I like to ask people questions <laughs> and I want to know the truth. Like, I just want to know, I want to know someone's truth. And I think people are actually more willing to offer their truth that we, than we think. So I think, you know, it's might, we might be a little bit overprotective of, of, of asking people that, but I think, it, I think, I mean, people will tell you if they don't want to share something, but I think people want to talk deeper. I think people want to have deeper conversations. I don't think people want small talk. And I think we've been conditioned to think that like small talk is polite and don't ask these questions. And I think people want more. I think, and I think that's where the authenticity comes from, because when you, when you allow yourself to ask deeper questions, like you're creating a more authentic connection with that other person and you're really getting to know them. I mean, as much as you can during a podcast, but like you're allowing them to actually be themselves, you know? And I think because I share, this is another trick. When mm -hmm. I share things about myself, I think it helps other people share about them. I think so. Mm -hmm. So I'm oh. willing to, yeah. So I'm yeah. willing to be vulnerable and like say, well, this is this crazy thing happened to me. Then people are like, oh, okay. And then they relax a little bit more. I think that helps. So yeah. <laughs> that totally makes sense yeah thank you I think that's helpful just to think of like yeah giving yourself in in a conversation and sharing what you've been through as well makes makes things just flow in a totally different way yeah I think because when I've done there's been a couple of episodes where sorry I was making sure my cat doesn't crawl out of the screen anyway when I've done episodes with people that I, I, do, I mean, for the most part, I don't know the people that I interview, but there are people that I actually do know I have a history with. So there's a different vibe when we talk because we obviously have like a comfortableness with each other. But there have been other times when I've, when I've had interviews where I'm asking a lot of questions and it becomes like a Q&A and that's fine. But I do wish that in retrospect, when I look back on those interviews, I'm like, oh man, like I wish I could have been a little bit more less Q&A and and talk a little bit more like have a little bit more of a conversation and sometimes yeah. it's but sometimes you've got to read the guest because sometimes guests they they don't know like how to talk right maybe they're not comfortable on a podcast I don't know I don't know but you have to read where they're at because some some people just want the questions and that's it and then you just have to kind of go with what they're offering like you know, no matter how much you might dig, they might, they're not going to give you anything else. So, but yeah, so I think it's just, as I said, I think like moving forward for me, I, I'm just going to just be myself. And that's another thing too. It's like, I think it's as much as you're like reading off your guests, I think it's also important to always just be yourself and remember that you're driving the ship. Like it's your podcast. 
And I've seen that, like I've deflected to my guests sometimes, but then I've mm. had to like come back and be like, no, 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 like you're on my show. Like, I'm happy you're here and we're having a conversation, but like, this is my baby. So I have to steer the ship and I want it to have a certain tone, you know, and I don't want it to go to your tone necessarily. Like, you know, like you're in my, you're in my space. So mm. this is how we do things with Brienne. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so. I love that. Yeah, that's really helpful. Cause I think I oftentimes just kind of like give space for people to voice wherever they're at. Cause I'm just, it's like always a new journey. Like I just love talking to people and hearing about, yeah, their meander, meandering paths and how they kind of tie in creativity into their daily life. I'm curious, like if you have any rhythms for yourself and rituals that you have to weave writing into your daily life and to bring more creativity in well I wish I had more of a ritual to be honest with you because I don't I I'm someone who's very like when it comes to my work I'm very like okay nose to the grindstone type of thing although I'm not so much like that as I used to be like when I was working from home like initially I would have a nine to five routine because that's oh, wow. what that's what I thought you had to do. And, and initially that helped me add structure to my life because I think when you're first starting out as a freelancer, it can feel like willy-nilly. Like you're just like, I work for myself. I can do anything I want. I'm at home, what else? You know? And I wasn't really getting anything really done because I had so much space. So I didn't know how to integrate routine into that space right away. So then I implemented having a nine to five structure and that worked for a period of time because it really did give me some sort of, like I said, like a routine that helped me, you know, buckle down and not really just be like, Oh, I'm going to watch TV at two in the afternoon. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but now I don't do that anymore. So now I'm, I'm more, I'm more flexible with my schedule. I'm more flexible with my energy. I actually do things more according to my energy now, because I, as I said before, like I really want to pour for more attention onto my other passion projects, I save my energy for that. So if I'm more creatively energetic, let's say earlier in the day, then I'll do that then and save what little left I have for my articles because I know what I'm doing with them. That doesn't, that doesn't, they don't require a lot of creativity from me. So I am a big energy person being a lot more intentional about where I'm at energetically and how much I can, like how much I have in the tank, I guess, to like, to do the things that I need to do. And also making time though for self-care. I love, I love fitness. I love working out. It's a non-negotiable for me. So I have to work out. I can't just be sitting down at the desk for freaking eight hours. No, thank you. I need to go out and have a walk in the afternoon and be outside for about an hour taking a walk. I don't know. I just need to have now it's like, as I said, now it's like more, what do I need right now? And I, and that's a new thing for me, asking myself those questions about like, what do I need right now? Like I've been at the desk for a couple of hours. Do I need a break? Yeah, I probably should have a break. Like, you know, so I don't have a routine, but as I said, like I, I try to tap into like my intention or my energy every day because it changes and that's another thing it's like we're not the same people every freaking day 
like I'm on my period. Like I'm not not, like the same person. Like, Like I don't have the same energy today or the same vibration today as I will when I'm not on my period. Like, and I, like, and I have to give myself that grace of like, I can do what I can, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, that's enough. And to be okay with that, which is a, which is a different thing for me because I haven't always been that way for, to myself, but the more that I am that way to myself, the more I feel like I like more what I do. I like my days more. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm a happier person. Like I don't feel so bogged down by work. Right. And I accept myself for who I am and not be like, Oh, I need to pump out like 10 articles today. Like, no, thanks. Like, like, you know, (laughs) but if I was working at a nine to five, I would feel that obligation of, of, to do that. Right. And, and and I think to myself, but I would, I would still be on my period in an office. Like, why would I be requiring that for myself when I'm not at that level? It's just, it's kind of like inhumane. And that's a level, like you just, you're at where you're at with your energy and you can only work with where you are. And that's totally okay. Like, and as I said, like that's taken me a while to to come to that realization of like, not every day is going to be a 10. Not, Not every day I'm gonna like flow through things. And that doesn't make it less of a day. It's just it is what it is. And maybe tomorrow will be one of those really flowy days where I'm like, oh shoot, like I got so much done, but I don't think every day should be like that. We're not machines. <laughs> so true. I think giving yourself that space and grace and also just getting outside, like that is always helps me just to get outside and go on a walk. Like, okay, I'm always going to feel better after I do that. So yeah. it makes a difference. I'm curious if you have any advice for aspiring either actors, writers, or podcasters, just what has been helpful for you in your journey or what do you wish you had done differently or known sooner? I think, well, first of all, I don't really have like any regrets. So I do feel like your journey is your journey and you are where you are. And, and that's what you, you are where you are because of where you've been. So I don't really think like, oh, I wish, as I said earlier in the episode, like, oh, I wish I, I, I was writing earlier, not doing acting well, but acting brought me to New York. New York brought me to so much of my life that was not even professional, like meeting my first love, meeting friends that I still have to this day. I mean, you make these decisions for yourself, but they ricochet into other areas of your life. Like it doesn't, just because I made one decision to be an actress in New York, like, okay, maybe that didn't happen for me, but I got other things. Like I received so much more life experience from that decision. So I just think every decision is a decision that leads you closer to where you need to be. So it doesn't matter whether you go right or left, you're going to end up where you need to be. At least that's my perspective on life. It seems a little fatalistic, but I don't think, I, I don't think so. I just think like, there should be no regrets because you're always learning if you allow yourself to. There's always opportunities to to grow. And I think that's sort of the point to life is to grow and to learn more about you, yourself and why you're here. And so for aspiring artists, I think like your journey is your story. So like, I think that's true. Like whenever I write and I've asked other writers this, like there's a thread of their own life and the same is true for me in every story that I create. And 
that to me is so significant. Like, so that's why I think you, you can't regret where you've been or you, you say, oh, I wish I, sh I should have done this sooner because that's part of your story. And so you can put all of that into your work. And if you had this perfect life with this perfect le like linear, like A to B like life, how boring is that? Like, it really is boring. You'd have nothing to write about. You'd have <laughs> nothing to create. Like, it'd be so boring. No one goes to a movie watching someone have a perfect life right? Like that's so boring. Like you, you see the ups and downs of life. And that's the point. Like you want someone to, to, you know, get to the end goal, but there's so many obstacles in between and they have to learn so many things about themselves. And like, that's like the paradigm of, of life. So I think when I write, I can't help but write things from my life. But that's, I think that's the point because I think we're supposed to share our stories with one another, especially as artists. I think that's why we're here to share our story. And as I said earlier, like everyone wants to be seen. So when you're really specific with your own story and your personal story and all of its ups and downs of vulnerabilities, you're allowing someone else to be seen in the world, whether or not they're going to share their story. But hey, if they're an accountant in the life and somewhere in the world and they and they see your story, but they see themselves in your story. Like, I think that's the point. Mm. I think I think that's the point of why we're here with our particular gifts. So I I see when people want to be really general with the story, it never really resonates. Mm -hmm. It's too general, mm -hmm. you know. But when you're able to be really specific to what makes you you and your uniqueness, like that's the story that people want to hear. And that's a, that's a story that people want to see. So like, don't be afraid of what makes you, you, like everything about you, like your, that was the, the shame, like the shadow, like that's part of your story. And everyone has shame and everyone has shadow. But if you're brave enough to expose that and like embrace those parts of you and put that into the work, I think that's, that's going to elevate the work. I think that's the breakthrough. So at least that's what I'm trying to do with my. <laughs> wow. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I think I saw something by, I think Laura Clary was talking about how any of your shadows that you reveal can no longer be held against you. There's something, something about that. Like the idea of like our shame, if we just put our shame out into the world, then it's like that can't be held against you anymore. And it doesn't have power over you anymore. And so I like that idea of just like coming to terms with it and really just embracing all the parts, all the weird, funky parts of ourselves and just, yeah, sharing it. Yeah, well, cause I guarantee you there's someone else like you who needs that story. Mm -hmm. and, and like, that's what I remind myself like as I'm writing this book of essays, a proposal and I'm writing essays about myself and I, yeah, it's gnarly because there's stuff about me that I feel ashamed about. Like there's a lot, so I'm like, oh, sh like there's just parts of, as I said before, like I'm, you know, single being almost 40, no kids, not having a real relationship for a long, long time. Like all these things that I'm like, oh shoot, like I'm really, like that's a shadow part of me, but I'm like, but Brianne, like that's your story. Mm -hmm. And there are people out there who can resonate with you. And so if you're brave enough to put that on the page, then people can see themselves, as I said, and be like, I'm not alone, right? Because as I said, it goes back to like why I created my podcast. It's like a sense of belonging. Like you're not alone. There are other people out there like you. And the stories that aren't traditional, like aren't 
the traditional patriarchal stuff that we've been fed for centuries like that stuff needs to be out like we need to talk more about people living different lives who have different relationships with people who are living life you know quote unquote differently from other people but like but they're just as valid as anyone else who's living this like cookie cutter life right so I think it's really important to if you tell your stories because we need more diverse in all sorts of ways like stories out there because it's not reflected in the culture and that's that's why I think it's really important like I said to just be yourself through your through the work even though it's it's not always easy <laughs> yeah oh beautiful I love that that's so helpful to hear I think and I think it'll resonate with so many people and I can relate so much just to what you just said like I was you know, I'm 43 now and I was single for, yeah, 35 to 40, basically. Like, I just was like, I don't want to deal with dating. Like it was just too much. So yeah, sometimes it's good to take a break. It's so healing and it's really helpful. Yeah. I mean, every, as I said, like everyone's doing them like at, at the same time. Right. And so if, if dating not for a long time is what you need, that's fine. Like you don't need to be on a freaking app all the time of thinking like, I need somebody, I need a partner. Like if you're not in that place, that's legitimate because that's, that's, that's your life. Like that's your story. And for anything, like really, you know, like wanting to be an entrepreneur and maybe no one else in your family is, but that you feel is your call. Like you owe it to yourself to do that. Even if, there's no one around you who's done it. Like for me, there's no one in my family who was a freelancer or an artist. Oh, wow. That's impressive. I feel like it's, it's hard if you're the only one in the family, like similarly, like my family's more like, you got to get a job and get the benefits. And I'm just like, no, I can't. I, I can't do that. Yeah, exactly. Right. And the same thing with my, my parents were very much like, supported me but had reservations because they wanted me to have so-called security and mm-hmm. benefits from a nine-to-five job where it's like well is anything in this life secure <laughs> yeah like no you know you might as well do what you want to do like that's mm-hmm. the thing so but yeah it takes it does take you really have to trust in yourself to do different from what you've been shown and it, it's not always easy. And I definitely have conversations with myself or with God. I'm like, okay, what the fuck? <laughs> but, but at the same time, like I know myself at this point and I know what I want and I know what, I know what I don't want. And that's really powerful too. Cause even if you don't know what you want, if you know what you don't want, that's a great starting point for everything because you can just eliminate at that point and be like, okay, I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't want that. And then slowly, but surely you'll find out what you actually do want. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious, looking at what you do want, like, is there anything in the year ahead that you're really excited about or anything you're working on or anything that you want to call in that you, you do want? Well, next year I'm going to France for a screenwriting retreat. So Mm -hmm. I'm working on a TV pilot. So I'd like to have that out in the world and See where that takes me I don't know I don't really have any like you know big plans for that but as long, except for it being finished and and seeing where 
where the universe wants to take me with that. And as I said, I was work, I am working on a book proposal. So I'd like to finish that by the end of the year. I turned 40 in December. So that's a big, yeah, it's a big goal for mine to, to follow through with the things that I want to do. And I mean, I am pretty good at initiating things, but I'm like everybody else. Like it, it takes a while for me to finish things because I do have my own doubts about myself or question things or have imposter syndrome and think, can I really do this? Is this something that I actually want to do? Like I can go through all sorts of things like that myself, but I really do feel like I was talking about the zone of genius. The more I step into that, the more I feel confident. So I think part of my goal is to really see these projects through because I think that will put me into that zone more and more and more. So I'm calling in the next year that I, I can just work as a working author. So I don't have to be a freelance writer as often as I'm doing right now. Like I'd love for that to be the next thing, or maybe just being in my zone of genius. Maybe that's the call in. I don't know. Something like that, because I feel like that's, I'm at that point where I'm like, well, shit's going to get crazy because I'm going to be 40. So like, let's really, let's really <laughs> go all in with that. So, so yeah, I think just, yeah, being at that level of like, and, and that new creative realm, whatever that is for me, but to be there full time. Yeah. That would be great for me. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. I love that for you. I'm curious, just as we're wrapping up any, anyone that you are just really grateful for in your life that you've learned something from or somebody that just comes to mind as someone that you appreciate a lot you know I'm gonna say my cat Olive oh, oh my god I love <laughs> what's your cat's name Olive 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 oh yeah because I moved here in the pan during the pandemic I moved here in April 2020 not knowing anybody and I was on my own for like three months. And I, when I say it was on my own, like I was on my own. Like I did not see anybody. I didn't like, it was like three months of completely being living alone, not, not seeing anybody except maybe on Zoom, of course, but like no human contact at all. So I adopted her in July of 2020. And she was like, I've had other animals in my life, but she just, I feel like she's like a soulmate because when she came into my life, like she knew, like she wasn't scared of me. She didn't cry on the way home. Like it was as if she knew like we belong together oh. and she's been, she's been my little rock for like two years, like living here. And like, she just, she's so intuitive around me. She knows when I'm upset. She knows when I'm like thinking about something. She cuddles me. She just, she's been there for me when I haven't been able to see my family and yeah, like we've got some sort of connection. That's like not a typical like cat connection. So yeah, I'm just, I'm grateful. You know, she's a little bit of a brat sometimes, but, but I'm grateful that we have, I have her in my life because when people say that they're alone or they, you know, in a traditional sense, I think, no, like if you have like a loving animal, a loving pet, like, you're you're not alone and they offer you so much unconditional love so yeah. much unconditional like everything like they just you can do anything and they're still gonna love you I mean I don't advocate for that but you know what I mean like right like you can learn so much from an animal 
And yeah, she's taught me so much about how to love someone else, like how to provide for someone else, like, especially because it's just been the two of us for so long until things started to open up. So yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful that I have her. <laughs> That's so sweet. I'm so grateful you have Olive too. That is so special. I mean, I feel like I had this cat Jean-Paul for 17 years and he was just like the sweetest orange snuggler. Like he was just the best. Like, yeah. So I love animals and just that, yeah, yeah, that unconditional love is really sacred and so special. It is. And I love that his name was Jean-Paul. That's really cool. I was, I got him when I was in high school and I got a, Simone and Jean-Paul because I was really into reading French existentialists at the time and thought I (laughs) was really smart so (laughs) so I like that name for a cat that's a great name (laughs) it was pretty silly I'm curious any like tools or apps or books that you recommend I love the the book that you already brought to the surface Mm. the big leap Mm, that's a good question I know you pointed out to me the headliner app which I love so I started That was a helpful one for podcasting. Yeah, that is really good, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, that really helped me a lot in terms of of making things for the podcasts or books. You know what? I don't really have any recommendations. I ask people this on my own podcast, Mm -hmm. and people are really great. I think they're so good. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to recommend this, this, and this, and this. I'm like someone who, if you feel pulled to something, read it. Like, that's the thing. So I, I think all recommendations are amazing. And you can, you know, if someone says something like the big leap, for example, and that sounds up your alley, then go like, you should read it. But if you don't, don't. Like, I think we live in a culture, especially with social media, where we're so heavily influenced by other people's recommendations or other people's perspective on life. And I've been doing a pullback in terms of like, well, what do I think about something? Like, what do I want in something? Like, instead of being so heavily influenced by people and being like, well, they're doing this and they're doing that and they're reading this and they're reading that, maybe I should. I think it's really important to be like, well, what do you like? Like, what do you want to read about? Like, what do you want to listen to on a podcast? Like, what are you really interested in? Like you, like it could be something so like niche and like no one else is reading it, but if that's what you want to read, then like do it, like read it. Or if you're interested in, in some topic that, you know, maybe people around you are talking about, like do that. Like I'm just really as someone like do what you want. Kind of goes back to my podcast, but like do what you want to do. Like what is it that you like? And -hmm. don't look at other people, what they're doing. Right. Because I think that can kind of get in the way of, of getting to know what our likes are. And I really do think we're so heavily influenced because of social media of everything else that it's almost like a codependency on, on other people and like what they're doing and what they're, so we can learn from, and like, I think we can learn from each other, but at what cost, like what, when, when do we step back and be like, what do I want? Like, what do I think about this? Like, I I don't know. That's where I'm at. So if you have, if you want to like learn something, like, learn it, read whatever you want to read. Like, don't look to what other people are doing. Just do what you want to do. (laughs) Brilliant. I love that. And it's so on brand. And I'm curious, like having a podcast that's called, do you like, do you feel like, I feel like that's probably like a mantra of sorts of just realizing, okay, what do I need in this moment? Like, what do I need to 
fulfill my desires? Like, what do I need to be happy? Like, what do I need right now? And I think it's a great question just to, to ask yourself at any moment, because yeah, it's so easy to be swayed by other people. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, and I'm guilty of that too. Like I can look at, at my Instagram and be like, Oh, what is she doing? Oh, she's got Elle figured out. Oh, she does this in her morning routine. Well, then maybe I should start doing that with my morning routine or, you know, and as I said, like we can, we should be open to learning from other people, but at the end of the day, like we're all very different and we all require different things and we should really be more in tune to like what we need intuitively and, and what, what we're being called towards rather than being influenced by outside outside factors because then you're getting further away from who you really are Mm -hmm. and and the whole point of life I think is to come back to yourself so I mean I can say read Nora Ephron because I'm reading her short stories but if you're like I don't give a shit about Nora Ephron well then don't read her (laughs) like 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 don't read her right so like you know and like then, then, then it goes to like well what is Brienne doing what is she eating how does she do like it's like, mm-hmm. what do you want to eat? Like, what do you want to do? So I think it's, as I said, like, I just feel like we're so caught up with what other people are doing and what I think, like, what do you want to do? Like, who do you want to be? And so, yes, as to go back to what you said, do you, which I do have tattooed on my arm, but that was like <laughs> from like years ago, like that wasn't because I wanted to like brand myself, for the <laughs> but yes, I think because now that I've had this podcast and I do talk to all these different people who are living examples of, of living true to themselves, it does help me step back and be more focused on me. And I think for the longest time, as much as I was really dedicated to my own path, I have had moments where I wasn't trusting of myself and trusting of my own path and what I knew to be true to myself. And even though that's all part of the story, as I mentioned, and that there's no wrong or wrong turn, but I think I, I, maybe this goes back to answering your other question. I think I wish that I would have just been like, listen to me all the time. And that's hard to do, but Mm -hmm. I wish that I listened to what I knew to be true about me at all costs, which is hard because we're always being influenced by something. Like it doesn't matter. Friends, family, the culture, our, our phones, like everything, but I really wish that I was just being like, I'm just going to do me like all the time and not be influenced by what other people say. And I feel like now I'm, I'm at that place. It only took me almost 40 years, but Hey, I mean, I got another maybe 40 years left. So that's great. <laughs> well, plenty of time to have so many wonderful experiences and be authentic and do what's right and true for yourself. I love that. I want to honor your time and just see if there's anything else coming to the surface. And also, how can we support you and connect with your work? Oh, well, thank you, Sarah. Yeah. So if you want to connect with me, you can do so on Instagram, Brie Hogan, and on my website, BrianneHogan.com. And of course, listen to my podcast, Do You with Brianne Hogan, which is available on all podcast platforms, including Apple and Spotify. And the show is also on Instagram at do you pod. And I have two books about astrology. So those are also listed on my website. So if you like astrology, there's a couple of books. One's called friendship signs, which is about friendships and astrology. And the other one is called joy and the stars, which is about 
self-care and astrology. Oh, amazing. That's so wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much for making time. It was wonderful to connect with you and hear so many pearls of wisdom. So I appreciate you making, making time for time in the studio. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Sarah, for having me. It was great chatting with you. And I'm, I'm glad that we were able to connect in person.